Good morning, Delaware, and what a weekend do we have coming up. It's going to be beautiful. It's the, As I said during the tease for the show, this is the kind of weekend you wait all winter for. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and you maybe get one or two in the yeah. whole summer. Oh, no, <laughs> There we go. Not anywhere near enough. So, But uh, it's going to be beautiful. We've got the uh, medieval fair coming up tomorrow at Ostrander. Mm-hmm. There's the big... Uh, CD, DVD, audiobook sale at Powell from 9 to 3 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've got just so much going on, and we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. Our guest today is Sherry Bowers. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Uh, we are really pleased to introduce Sherry as the first branch manager of our new Liberty Branch Library that's going up the corner of Home and Stites Roads. Um, and so we're going to be talking about Sherry's background and some of her ideas and plans for the new branch library in the second half of the show. We are really pl- pleased to have you. Thank you. That's Gage Tellis behind the board, our once-in-future engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good morning. It's a beautiful day out there. It is really beautiful. And I got to tell you, listening to Mark and Bob this morning together, yeah. what a team. I mean, those voices, those are classic radio announcer voices. Two pros. Real pro. And then I wonder, what the heck am I doing behind the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Nicole, what have you been reading, listening to, binging on, whatever? I have an audiobook that I'm really enjoying. It is called If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy, and it is the first in a series called the Meant to Be series, and it is a romance. It is about, um, it's a parody. So the fun part about this series is they are um, truly um, given the the rights to do this by Disney, and they are like fan fiction, romance, uh, kind of knockoffs to Disney stories. Um, so this one is, and the fun thing about the series is there's only two that's out so far, but I'm sure, I'm certain there will be more. And uh, they're all going to be written by different authors, so it's not going to be the same voice, uh, which makes sense because they're all different stories. They're standalone. You don't have to uh, follow one to get to the other uh, because this book uh, parodies Cinderella. And the next one that I'm going to talk about in a couple weeks once I get that book finished is a parody of Beauty and the Beast. Ah. Uh, So they're all going to be a little bit different. So Cinderella, this one, If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy, uh, it's a retelling of Cinderella, so we have um, plus-sized uh, Cindy. Um, of course, you're going to find a lot of fun plays on the uh, on the different names and things like that. Cindy, she dreams of becoming a shoe designer. Uh, she um, <laughs> lives in New York. She flies to uh, her stepmother's home in Los Angeles. Her stepmother has two. Uh, her stepmother is named Erica Tremaine. And if you like really know Disney things, you would know that the evil stepmother in Cinderella is Lady Tremaine. Is a, her actual name so that's a fun little play um, the evil stepsisters names in uh, Cinderella are Anastasia and Drizella and so whenever Cindy goes to LA to live with her stepmother who is not evil by the way she's wonderful um, her stepsisters who she loves very dearly are Anna and Drew so there's little plays there um, she is really starting out just to be a nanny to the three triplets that uh, her stepmother and late father had together um, named Gus, Mary, and Jack. And again, if you know Cinderella and Disney things, Gus, Gus, Jacques, and Mary were all the little mice mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Cinderella movie. That one I caught. The other ones I didn't. Yeah. So it was super cute. Um, so she starts out as a nanny for like all of a week. But 
Erica's day job is she is a producer of reality TV shows and uh, primarily ones that center on romance, like The Bachelor. Um, and she has a reality TV show that's called After Midnight. The Bachelor's on ABC, isn't it? Which is owned by Disney. Which is owned by Disney, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of little ties in here. Um, so, yeah, so the show After Midnight uh-huh, um, is her, her romance show. And um, they need some more contestants for the show. And so the mother just kind of, stepmother just kind of throws out there, well, Anna and Drew can do it. And then leaves out Cindy, of course. And then the producer um, of the show, who kind of swoops in like a fairy godmother, um, or one of the one of the producers, says, well, I think Cindy should join. And so she dolls up Cindy and gets her on the show. And so now she's a contestant on the show. And the suitor is lovely, very Prince Charming uh, of him. And it's just a really fun romance. It's very G-rated. Um, the only, like adult content is that like any uh, romance show there's some drinking and they talk about that every once in a while but it's GPG at the most uh, rating of this sort of romance so um, if you are into a uh, just kind of if you're into Disney if you're into fun light romance if you're into um, finding all the little secrets that they kind of pull into it then I think you'll really enjoy If the Shoe Fits uh, by Julie Murphy also Body Positivity because Julie writes a lot of her characters her first uh, debut novel was called Dumplin', um, and it was about a plus-size teen. So she writes a lot of body-positive uh, romances as well. Very good. I think you'll enjoy uh, it. What uh, is the Beauty and the Beast one out yet, or it, is that yet? It yet is out. I got an arc of it, and it just released in May. Okay, mm -hmm. great, terrific. So, Sherry, you're a librarian. I'm sure you have a book with you to talk about today. <laughs> I do. I actually, um, this is a book that I. Um, I used during a book discussion group a few months ago, and I absolutely love it. It's um, a work of fiction. It's um, beautifully written. It's called The Mountain Sing. And uh, Nicole, you, I need you to help me with the author's name. I, I'm thinking it's Nguyen Fan Kweme, I think. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that um, we were close to the pronunciation of the author. My, my Vietnamese author. is very small, so yeah, I mm -hmm. can't really pronounce yeah. the name either. <laughs> but Mountain Sing, that's what you really need to know if you want to look it up. So go ahead. Yes. <laughs> and and actually, you know what? I um, I picked the book back up at the Orange Branch when I was there yesterday. <laughs> so um, this is a this was this book was a Dayton Literary Peace Prize uh, runner up. And I just wanted to give you a little background. If you want to um, find some books that um, deal with social justice issues, uh, Dayton Literary Peace Prize books, um, are, are a place to go. They um, every year they um, pick nonfiction and fiction winners and uh, runner-ups, and they're just great books to um, to expand your knowledge of um, various issues. Is that Dayton Peace Prize uh, in, uh, named in honor of the fact that the Northern Ireland agreements were hammered out in Dayton? Is that how that came the Peace about? Accords in 1995? Yes, yeah, okay. it was held at Wright Patterson Air Force right. Base. Oh, okay, so um, the tradition has. Um, kept on every single year. So this book follows a family called the Tron family, and it um, starts actually in um, during the Vietnam War, and that's, that's how the book opens up. And um, we get to know um, the grandmother and her um, granddaughter as they escape a village because of bombings. And then it goes back into the history of Vietnam, um, starting... Um, Going back as far as the land reform and and the issues with um, 
with the communist um, coming in and and the um, um, and and the things that had happened when um, when the land was taken away from various landowners. But the beauty of this book really is the fact that you get a very personal um, take on Vietnam and its people and um, and all the uh, trials during the whole time and and actually the strength of the grandmother and how she she kept on and kept the family together even though um, they were torn apart at various times throughout their history. You also get a really good sense of the history of Vietnam even though it is a work of fiction. It really it gives mm-hmm. a beautiful background to um, to what had happened and the Vietnamese people. And what I like about this book, I I believe, I think um, the author does a really good job of just making you feel like you're almost there, even when she describes um, preparing food and, and the hunger and the things that they had to to um, to get from the land to to survive. And that that was just such a um, beautiful, uh, beautifully written illustration of what it takes to survive in a time of war. And I think that this book probably um, is one of my favorite pieces of literary fiction. Wow. Just And I've passed it on. I actually bought a few copies to give to people who were um, traveling or um, recovering from surgery because I think the book, um, it really gives you a sense of um, family over generations. And also I think you can, um, and I think that the, these books that um, are chosen by the uh, Dayton Literary Peace Prize um, Committee, I think these books do something more is that they really give you a perspective of of peace. And that's that's what um, the whole attempt of this um, choosing these books is about, peace and social justice issues. And uh, I think that this book really is a winner in that respect. Absolutely. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. So my book this week uh, is one that I've been waiting to read for a long time called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. It is a good one. You've yes. read it? I, I got halfway through it. I haven't finished it. And then I lost my place in line and didn't want to wait. So <laughs> it's still on my haven't finished list, but I really liked how I got halfway into it. <laughs> so Matt Haig is a novelist and a, memorist, a memoirist. Excuse me. Uh, he's based in the UK. His memoir, Reasons to Stay Alive, is one of the one of his most popular books. He's also written several other novels called The Humans, The Radleys, The Last Family in England, The Dead Fathers Club, and How to Stop Time. This is sort of fantasy, sort of science fiction. Not really science fiction because there's not really a lot of science in it. Uh, more philosophy than science in mm-hmm. this. Uh, but anyway, well, we, we start the book with Nora Seed, and she's a real mess. She, I mean, everything's going wrong. She's failed at everything she's ever tried in her life. And now, in a single day, her cat has died. She's lost her job. She's had a run-in with one of her former bandmates. And her brother is still not speaking to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she decides to end it all with an overdose of booze and pills. And that's all the first chapter. So, yeah, it's really, really early on. So I'm not giving anything away. It's not a giveaway. Um, given how badly she has messed everything up in her life, it's not surprising that the suicide doesn't go according to plan either. Um, instead, Nora wakes up in a huge library. Um, it's filled with an infinite number of green books. And in the library, she meets Mrs. Elm, who is the school librarian that had befriended her when nobody else would. And uh, they had spent many hours playing chess. And in fact, Mrs. Elm was the one who broke the news to her that her father had died. Uh, so it's a... Uh, It's a familiar face in this very unfamiliar setting. Mrs. Elm explains to her that each one of the books is the story of Nora's life if she had followed a different choice. 
So at some point, at some point in her life, and it could be a very minor choice or it could be a huge choice. Uh, everything from which job does she take, what educational path does she follow, to like does she go left or right at a corner. So um, if you've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. if you've ever uh, seen the play If Then, if you've seen the Gwyneth Paltrow movie Sliding Doors, uh, any of those, you're familiar with, or if you're familiar with string theory, which is the about the only science in this book, uh, you have an idea of where the book is going. Will Nora find the life that really fits her or if uh, – uh, if I throw in the ending of The Wizard of Oz here, I don't think I'm giving away too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the book, which was published last year, it's been extremely popular. It sold over 3 million copies, mm-hmm. uh, translated into a, a ton of languages. And it's easy to see why. It's populated with a really good cast of characters, although Nora is really a drag at the beginning. You just think, do I really want to spend 280 pages with this lady? But uh, it's, you want to see it. It. redemption. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, the story has a lot of humor, it has pathos, and it has a happy ending. Yeah. I mean, you really can't you can't go wrong. Um, it's recommended as a great summer read. It's mm-hmm. a perfect beach read. Um, Haig is noted as an upbeat, sort of life-affirming writer. So if you're feeling particularly down in the world right now and you have plenty of reason to, uh, this might be just the antidote. So You definitely hit the nail on the head because it seems like a, a, it could be a very dark, depressing subject matter, but he writes it lightly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, even in the depression, right. you, you, you get a, a sense of things are going to be okay. There's um, hope. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. hope. and. As long as you live, there is hope, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of this thing. And so, it's a it's it's a delightful book. It's fun. Um, it's a fast read. It is, uh, but it's very enjoyable. So Matt Haig, the Midnight Library. There is a waiting list, even though it's been out for over a year. It's popular. It's very popular. So uh, I'd I'd recommend it. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Sherry Bowers about the new Liberty Branch Library and her role therein. And so please stay tuned. And speaking of the friends of the Delaware County District Library, don't miss their big CD, audiobook, uh, DVD sale, $1 for any title in the collection. Uh, it's just amazing. And that will be at the Powell Library on, uh, on Liberty Road in Powell. Not the new library. Don't go there because you'll just trip over construction yep. equipment. You won't but be able to be the, let in. at the traditional Powell Library there, uh, yeah, they'll be there from 9 to 3 tomorrow. Uh, we'll be at the Renaissance Medieval Fair. Uh, I always call it the Renaissance Fair, and I think they've got that trademark. That, that so one's TM, yeah. be careful, yeah. <laughs> the Medieval Fair at the Ostrander Library tomorrow from 11 to 3 as well. So, And it's our great pleasure to welcome Sherry Bowers to the Delaware County District Library family and to the microphone here at Off the Shelf. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you uh, get into the library game and realize that we only have nine minutes left? Because Lee and, and Adam gave us a, a bit of grief last yeah. week for going a minute over. A lot over. of jabs last time, <laughs> Lee and Adam. Oh, how did I get into the library game? Boy, that's a long story. I think it's because, uh, well, I love history, and mm-hmm. I um, happened to stumble upon um, the local history room at Toledo Lucas County Public Library when I was going there, and I thought, oh, I just need to be here. So, <laughs> so I decided that I would go to uh, library school, and mm-hmm. I thought for sure that I would be a local history librarian, but I things just kind of changed around, and as I um, took my first position, I realized that I, I enjoyed um, other parts of library work, um, especially supervision and helping um, coach uh, future librarians and people who want to do library work. And that's kind of how I ended up um, where I'm at right now. Well, that's great. Well, we are glad to have you here. Um, uh, we we uh, 
kind of stole you from Alliance, uh, and uh, you'd been at Dayton. You'd help, help put a branch together at Dayton. Yes, well, I ha- I actually left before the branch uh, was completed because there were some um, delays in construction with the branches. A lot of um, the hope was they had high hopes that they would finish all of the branches a lot sooner. But, um, yes, I did start the process um, or helped start the process with the Northmont branch when I was there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because of some personal reasons, I had to move back to the northern part of the state. So I was at Ritter Public Library for a little over a year. But when I saw this position posted, I thought, oh, I have to apply. That just <laughs> is great. And I know the area mm-hmm. well. I spent a lot of time in the Delaware area. So I thought, this is, this is where I need to be. It's fate. Well, we're glad yes. to have you. Yes. So um, we are now starting the process of filling in the rest of the staff uh, to work with you. Uh, we have had applications for the adult services manager, I'm sorry, the uh, assistant branch manager for adult services and and youth services and for our circulation supervisor, but we also have a big hiring event coming up on Thursday, June 23rd. That's exactly what I was looking up. We're going to talk more about Mm -hmm. that next week. Uh, I believe Amanda, um, Sheetram is going to be our special guest next week to talk about that more. But, uh, tell us, give us just, uh, as the, uh, you'll be the hiring manager, of course, for these. What kind of people are you going to be looking for for to work with in your new branch? Oh, um, people who are just really customer service focused. Um, I had the opportunity to visit the Orange Branch and sit down in a story time, and it was so exciting. You know, even as an adult, and I didn't have any, I don't have any small children anymore. It was great to watch <laughs> the, be a part of the energy, and and I think that that's. That's the beauty of uh, working in a public library, and I think that um, when patrons come in, it's um, it's wonderful that they can feel that energy and think, you know, this is this is a great place that to be. It's you know, there's there's things to do. There's you know, besides the books that we talk about and check out, you know, there's programming and and all the things that make a, a public library so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So. Aside from um, aside from you know the staffing aspect of opening a new branch, and of course just the construction aspect of, of a new branch, what excites you about a brand new branch in a in a community? Oh, uh, what excites me? I think it's just another opportunity for a location, a public location for for people to gather. I think um, you know, and I love the brick and mortar, and it is exciting to see you know, um, different uh, layouts and, and meeting rooms and all those things, but it's still, it, it's the people, the new people that, that come into this building, that, that's really where the energy is. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, that's that feeling of excitement when you've got a new library to open like that. You bring in people who maybe haven't used the library since they were in school. Mm-hmm. You bring in kids who haven't been able to get to one of the other libraries for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and you, you just see their eyes widen when they come into the library and it's like wow i didn't know the library did fill in the blank Mm -hmm. you know special programs dvds whatever Um, yeah it's almost like an opportunity to reintroduce or reignite your own you know place in a community the community knows that the delaware county district library is here but then you know liberty is just like ah, it's a reinvigoration of all of that Mm -hmm. and it's like a prom making a promise to the community for education and information and just kind of personal growth and Mm -hmm. you there's not a lot of that in the world. And so mm-hmm. libraries really provide something different that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really exciting. And uh, watching the new building go up, we were at the, we did a site visit last weekend or last Friday, 
and it's coming along beautifully. Um, not sh- not quite sure yet what the opening date is going to be. It's like a moving target. I feel like we're you know shooting at ducks in a shooting gallery. You're trying. To, <laughs> I feel you know, like I have better luck in those games than I do in this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, and it's like you throw throw uh, all the dates between say September 1st and December 31st into a hat. Uh. Pull one out, and you'll see what. The, yeah, that could that could be the opening date. <laughs> so, uh, but we were closer to knowing what it's going to be. That that is probably the one question I get more than anything else. When are you going to open? Mm-hmm. God, I'd love to tell you. <laughs> so, anyway, but we are very happy to have you here, Sherry, and uh, I think we're going to have a, a, a great relationship uh, in the years to come. So, uh, we have a, a terrific team at the library, and the new library will give us a chance to let some people move into new positions that currently work for the library mm-hmm. and to bring some new blood into the library as we add about 20 to 25 new positions. So, we're looking forward to that. So, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So we've got some great stuff coming up this week with the uh, Summer Reading Club. Yep. We already talked about the Medieval Fair. We talked about the book sale. But let's talk about some of the programs that are coming up next week because there are some really good ones in here. So I have on my calendar, I will be at the Monday, June 6th uh, evening presentation of the Fantastic Fairy Tales Puppet Show. Uh, that is happening at 630 at the Orange Branch Library. It's going to be really great for all ages. Um, this is put on by Mad Cat Puppets, and we have had them before, and they do an excellent show. Um, this is, uh, you know, Flump, the royal court jester, has accidentally overheard overheard a plot to turn the king into a mouse. So Flump is going to have to entertain the crowd until he can dis- discover a way to stop Glister's sinister scheme. <laughs> <laughs> After talking about the Disney stuff, that sounds like it could be a Disney movie right Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Flump and glister. (laughs) I like the thing on Tuesday that's coming up, the uh, Ohio Shipwrecks. Mm -hmm. That that sounds like it's going to be fascinating because this is we're actually going to have somebody from the uh, Underwater Archaeological Society from the Ohio History Connection talking about shipwrecks. And when you think about Lake Erie, the Ohio River, all those things, we have a lot of of those kinds of wrecks and people who dive and who do archaeology based on on what they're finding in those ships. So that should be really interesting. That's at the Delaware Library at 2 o'clock on Tuesday the 7th. Yeah, and it's going to be great for elementary age kids will enjoy it. But even if, you know, you sneak an older an older child in, they're going to enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, we had this session last week, and then this is the last week, uh, just yesterday. And then this is the one that uh, you'll be able to catch uh, before it's done for the summer is Thursday, June 9th. Um, we're doing another anime and Japanese history lesson for teens. Uh, that's uh, 2 o'clock at the Ostrander Branch Library. And um, it's going to be really great. If you have kids who are uh, teens who are into anime, uh, this is definitely something to bring them to the Ostrander Branch at 2 o'clock. No reservation required. Just show up and learn all about the history of anime. And one of our uh, leading book club leaders, Vicki, is doing two uh, virtual book clubs this week. And they're both, what have you been reading? So mm-hmm. it's a chance to talk about what books you've been reading instead of uh, you know everybody in the club reading the same book. So it, that requires pre-registration. One of them is going to be on Wednesday the 8th at 1 o'clock. And the follow-up one is on fr- uh, also on Thursday from 6 to 7. Mm-hmm. And those are virtual, so you can, you know, do them in your bunny slippers. And I like it how there's no homework. I right. just I just get to show up and tell you what I've been reading. I don't have to pre-read anything. <laughs> so it's a, a great week. If you haven't, we've had a great kickoff week for the Summer Reading Club. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fantastic. A lot of pickup. We also are, uh, as we talked about last week on the show, working with the Preservation Parks on their letterbox program. So we have a ton of stuff going on. And uh, 
Also, don't forget, this week we increased our hours again. So we are now open 9 to 8, Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5, Friday and Saturday. Uh, of course, Ostrander is closed on Monday, but uh, the rest of the libraries are all on that schedule, and we are really delighted to be able to slowly climb back from where we were with mm-hmm. COVID. And it, we got a good question from the public uh, if that includes the Maker Studio, and it does. Yes, it does. So, um, And we are just... Uh, Really thrilled to be able to offer those hours again to the public. So thanks, thanks for your support. Thanks for your patience with us as we we've, we've uh, worked our way through COVID. So and again, thank you, Sherry, for being our guest today. Thank you, Nicole. Always a pleasure working always with you. And Gage, as always, a perfect job behind the board. Well, thank you. And My pleasure. We uh, we we will see you in the stacks.